Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. Hi on the Hog, the podcast is on the air with Janice Hardoon of The Antidote and K-Town Collective and Joanna Belson, our sewer, and me, Merrill Schindler, a guy who uses the stuff and is suitably dazzled. And we've got a great guest this week. We have a great guest every week. Len May. Len, you do a lot of things. You do a lot of, you're president of the Cannabis Action Network, board member, lifetime member of California Cannabis Association. You're a pioneer in medical cannabis. And medical cannabis is what we really focus on on this show. We ain't a stoner show. We're a healing show, a wellness show. And you came up with something that dazzled me, that your DNA can determine your cannabis needs. How does, how, 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 is this true? Uh, it is true, and I'm glad I could dazzle you. It's probably not a lot of things can. <laughs> oh, I'm very naive. Is this well known, or is this something that's that that's new that you discovered that your 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 peeps discovered? Well, it's not brand new in terms of your DNA determines a lot of things about you. Yeah, it's not the only factor, but it's a factor that's missing in your cannabis experience. So when people are consuming cannabis, they need to know that there are certain genetic markers that make them predisposed or susceptible to possibly having a negative experience. And we can guide you in a more optimal experience by looking at your DNA. How accurate can this be? Well, your DNA is your DNA. So it's accurate uh, in terms of us being able to discover and uncover and present those genetic expressions to you. That doesn't mean just because you're predisposed that it's going to express itself. So in terms of your blueprint, it's 100% accurate. In terms of whether you're going to show up in that expression, that has a lot to do with your environment, what things you put in your body, and other factors. But your DNA is definitely a big factor in the way that you would use cannabis. I, I have a question. To, I have a question to ask you. Is this why people metabolize cannabis differently when you, whether you vape it or you use an edible or a tincture? Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. got to do with yeah. your bloodstream and the cannabis going into there? Yeah, it's a brilliant question. So, uh, great example, edibles. So, I know, I don't know, over the last three years or maybe longer, I've had so many calls of people saying, I'm dying. And I'm like, part of me is like, well, you'll be the very first person, so maybe we should go with this experiment. <laughs> but. It's the reason why is uh, we have They're these, dying, physically dying, dying. or dying they took, because they took too much cannabis? They took too much an edible, and it's usually right. an edible. I've eaten too much, and I'm going to die. I have an antidote for that, CBD. Yeah, it's an uptake inhibitor. You're absolutely right. But we can guide people in that in that way. So there are genetic markers that are called cytochrome uh, P450 enzyme markers. So your cytochrome CYP markers determine your metabolic function. So it helps guide you in metabolism of different substances, including THC. So you can be an ultra-fast metabolizer, you can be an average or a slow metabolizer. And if you're a slow metabolizer, 
and you're consuming cannabis through the digestive system, not only is your liver converting THC to a different substance, but the onset is much slower, it's much longer, and it's much more powerful. So if a person that has these genetic markers consumes an edible at the same amount of milligrams that you and I would, they would most likely have a pretty negative experience. And knowing that in advance will cause them to say, maybe you should take your cannabis sublingually or use a buckle swab or smoke or vape or some of that, avoid your digestive system. So it would be an excellent example of how genes can guide you in that is process. Is that going through your blood system or is that your, I don't know so much about biology, but is it through your blood system that the cannabis is being absorbed and that's what's gonna be the marker? No, it's not It's not in your blood. It uh, The marker is in your, your chromosomes. Genes. Yeah, it's in your genes, so. 23 uh, and me. 23 and me, yeah, exactly. exactly. So the way we have it, it's a buckle swab. So think of it as a big Q-tip. You swab the inside of your mouth, you put it back in our box, you ship it over to our lab, and we'll do a ge- genetic sequence on that. And, and how we'll do ship- we get this done? You order it online, it goes directly to your home. By E-N? E-N-D-O-C-A-N-N-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, I think. I'm not gonna Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and we'll post it up to make sure that you can find it on our I think if they look up Endocana, yeah, and they'll, they'll find it. Yeah, yeah Endocana Health. But you mentioned 23andMe. So one of the other things that we do, there's about 40 million people, give or take, that have taken a 23andMe and Ancestry, any of the other genetic tests. Well, what happens when you've taken your test? You own your raw data. That data belongs to you. What do you do with it? Well, you can upload it to Endocana Health, and we'll do a translation and show you an endocannabinoid report using that raw data as well. So you don't have to swab if you've already taken your no genetic test. Yep. Okay. I'm I, taking I, I, an endocana <laughs> test today. Can you get me that, hun? I think when I was asking- Yeah, I have one though. So if I've already participated, I can take like mine and upload it on the website? Yeah, and oh. it takes about 30 seconds for you to get your results. Oh my gosh, I know yeah. what I'm doing later. <laughs> when I asked about the accuracy, it wasn't just about the the testing of the DNA, but as as we know, I mean the world of we, we're seeing the, the smallest tip of the iceberg in terms of the world of cannabis. Mm-hmm. So the variations are massive. So you may know what my DNA is, but you, how do you judge which of the various cannabis varieties would work? How uh, sciencey do you want me to get? <laughs> Can Very. I get pretty sciencey? Yeah. All right. So, make it simple though. I'm in chemistry and biology 101. Okay, so I'm gonna try to make it uh, simple. So I've known a lot of people that have experienced anxiety when consuming cannabis, THC specifically. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. There is actually a gene that can show us your possible negative expression to have an anxiety using THC. So if you look at it this way, the gene is uh, called FA, F-A-A-H. So what that does, it breaks down anandamide. For those of you that don't know, anandamide is one of your endogenous endocannabinoids. It is along the CB1 pathway, which is uh, also uh, a, a THC activates that pathway. So think of it as anything on that CB1 pathway has to do with your um, your expression of stress. This is how you deal with stress. So anandamide is also your bliss hormone. So the more anandamide you have, naturally, your baseline levels, the better you should be able to deal with stressors. So less cortisol is gonna be pumped into your bloodstream. So if you have more pha, you break down more anandamide, which makes you more susceptible to stressors in your life. One of those activators 
to that um, gene is THC. So having THC, too much THC, we're all individual, can activate that gene and can actually create that mm-hmm. anxiety in you. So there's a couple of things that happen. THC is one, and also your terpene profile can determine that as well. So limonene that's found in more of the sativa dominant hybrid because there is no such thing as sativa and indica anymore. All that stuff has been bred out. It all has to do with your terpene profile. Your cannabinoids and your terpenes determine the effect and what really it is. So limonene boosts your serotonin and dopamine, but as a byproduct of that, it can also release cortisol. So it's, if you're prone to anxiety, you will get more cortisol. So people are saying, oh, I love sativas, but it gives me anxiety. Well, the reason why is that limonene and high THC, that's what it does. So if we know this about you, we can mitigate that by giving you a ratio, not about a strain, it's about a ratio of cannabinoids and terpenes that are more appropriate to your body and what you should be consuming. So think about it this way. Instead of limonene, titrate down on your THC, get more equal because CBD is an uptake inhibitor. It actually reduces the efficacy of the THC. So it can help you have a much better experience. And your terpene profile, linalool, for instance, it's found in lavender and other plants, that actually can reduce the anxiety that's provoked by THC as well. So we will be able to give you a ratio of cannabinoids and terpenes and then match a product that would be in a dispensary that can match those specific ratios with cannabinoids and terpenes and say, these are the products that are more associated with what I'm, my genetic I'm so glad you kept question. this simple. I have a question, <laughs> before you go, I have a question to ask you. So now we're gonna walk into the dispensary and I have my my little sheet chemistry sheet do you think the future of this the cannabis industry is you'll walk into a dispensary and you'll say i need one part limonene i need two parts lavender i need i love this question because this is my my vision for this is kind of going backwards to a compounding pharmacy model right so is that where we're going to go and we're going to see it i don't know but it would be i mean i know that i see little i see people come with terpenes all the time in little bitty jars and things like that and it takes a little bit you know think about having a compounding pharmacist on board with you and they would say that's what we used to be before they did prop 64 we were a compounding someone was didn't feel well i made them their specific edibles i made them their tinctures i did everything exactly now they've taken and cut my arms off and now i get you what comes in a bottle or prepackaged well it'll it'll change so there's two it'll change will i be alive it'll change well yeah well you got another 100 years or so you'll be oh please no so are they doing that in israel what um the compounding so to speak because well, in israel so they're making customized formulations uh because well israel has a federal federally approved program so everything that's cultivated in israel is cultivated uh under the federal guidelines and tested so what they do is they have specific formulations and they're doing a feedback loop so you have to go to a doctor and get prescribed your medical cannabis and you see a doctor on an ongoing basis to see how they're doing with that so they can modify your formulation as needed based on your results. Uh, the genetic profile is not being used, it's not prevalent yet, but that's something they're starting to incorporate. So we'll be able to tell you specifically, this is your recipe. You're one-to-one with uh, linalool and beta-caryophyllin. So phase one is, we'll look at your COAs and we'll see which products match those specific uh, ratios. So we can go in and say, these are 20 products that I can consume that are right for me. But at some point, I'd love to see more of a compounding. This is my personalized You want to go backwards. Backwards, so go backwards, backwards and forwards. 
What's wrong with backwards? I 3, have no problem years history. of cannabis use, and it worked in the past. Well, in 2017, <laughs> we were compounding for a pharmacy. I, I definitely agree with that model. I think it's a great model, and combining that with your own personal recipe, it takes the guesswork out. You're going to be able to create something that's more specific for the individual. Well, I will tell you, having been this for over 12 years, and someone walking into Koreatown Collective or now the Antidote, the first question for me to someone that comes in is, what are we trying to accomplish? What ails you? Mm -hmm. What brought you here? But you have to get those questions answered first before you can go further to help anyone if they're truly using cannabis for medicinal reasons. And even in this recreational market, I do believe most recreational users need this medically. They just didn't know it. I, I don't believe in recreational personally. I don't. No, that's why I'm saying thing. most of the people. I agree with you 100. Oh. The, the, this, this is, is my friend. He likes my questions. <laughs> I agree with you. He I thinks I'm you. brilliant. I agree with Can you. Can you come back? Yes, yes. <laughs> no, you're 100 right on. <laughs> what did you tell him? <laughs> Nothing. I told you you'd love him. I don't even know. I met him today. I just <laughs> knew you would. All you have to do is tell me I'm awesome and we're good. You're awesome. You're good. Yeah, that's it. Uh, think about. It. I, I always think about. It. It's a therapeutic product. So regardless of recreational, I mean, that's not just a law. It's a therapeutic product. It changes something within your body. It makes you feel a certain way. So it's therapeutic at the end of the day, regardless of how you use it. Even if you want to go to the movies and laugh, like that's, you, you, you may think it's recreational, but when you want to know which, which strain or which chemovar or cultivar, which ratio works best for you, you want to replicate that. What was that that made me laugh and why? So we try to answer that question. Why? Before recreational became legal, it was a much more interesting world out there. I mean, you would really go to to dispensaries where people knew. They just knew what you know. They 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 weren't selling you a bong. They mm-hmm. they they knew of which they spoke. How did you get to where you are? How did you get to, from <laughs> from Philadelphia to um to this world? Well. Um, so I, I don't want to take up too much time with my own personal story, but I have, I have ADD. So I was diagnosed with ADD when I was a kid and uh, put on all kinds of medication and all of it sucked. And at some point in my later teens, I was lucky enough that I discovered cannabis and it became my medicine. And I didn't know there was medicine for anybody else. It just helped me. Uh, my parents weren't too keen on that and they ended up... Uh, actually asked me to leave. You know, in our late teens, many of us discovered cannabis. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. But my, my parents are from the old country and they really didn't understand the benefits. The irony of them, of that is that they consume products that I help develop now for arthritis and yeah. other uh, yeah. pains. So I've heard that story before in terms of the totally opposed versus, you know, what do you suggest? Came full circle, you know. Yeah. But so, so in doing that, I... Uh, I became the president of the Cannabis Action Network. I was an activist, and I held a rally at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Uh, my keynote speaker was this lady named Elvie Musica, and Elvie was one of the first people to get medically prescribed cannabis under the NIDA program with our federal government had for her degenerative glaucoma, and uh, which was cannabis that was cultivated in Mississippi, rolled into joints, basically, under the federal government. And uh, so... The next morning after the rally, uh, we got woken up to a crash and Elvia happened to walk into a sculpture I had in my house and broke into pieces. And she was legally blind, she couldn't see, so until she medicated with cannabis. And that was my second sort of uh, aha moment that I saw, well, it's not only medicine for me, but it's medicine for other people. And I started on this journey, I've uh, owned dispensaries, 
I had uh, cultivation facilities, delivery services when I moved to California uh, 10 years ago, but my passion has always been healing. And I couldn't understand why some people consume the same exact plant, the same exact uh, chemovar or strain, and they have a different effect. So I always thought it was the actual plant itself. So I ended up working with a company called Medicinal Genomics where I would travel around the country and Canada, extract DNA from different plants, purify it, and send it to a sequencer. So now we could identify genetically what the plants really were. But the thing that was missing was the human genetic side. So being able to work with the uh, human genetic side and being able to see genetic markers that are specifically aligned to different conditions and seeing how different cannabis would affect those conditions, that sort of made me uh, uh, start looking at endocannabis. So we looked at every single genetic uh, marker that has a direct or indirect association with your endocannabinoid system. Once we did that, we identified eight different symptomatic conditions that people use cannabis for and your genes will play a role, like anxiety, pain, depression, uh, metabolism, dependence. We can actually see a marker that makes people more susceptible to opioid dependence. And if that's the case and you're working with a healthcare professional, maybe that's something you want to look at instead of using an opioid, using cannabis for. So that's kind of uh, what my journey You know, is. We've, been, we've been asked here by Engineer Phil, um, how does cannabis help ADD? Isn't it the opposite of medications like Adderall? That's a great question. So the way cannabis helps me, and it's not about ADD specifically, it's ADD with your individual makeup. So for instance, I know a lot of people that say, I consume CBD to go to sleep. It makes me drowsy, it makes me relax, makes yeah. me sleepy. So ADD does the opposite for, uh, uh, CBD does the opposite for me. I can consume CBD and it makes me hyper-focused. So ADD is really a depletion of dopamine. So the reason why I'm always kind of looking at many different thoughts in my head or doing different things, because I'm always looking for that dopamine to stimulate me. And what, but when I find whatever stimulates me, I can hyper focus on that. And this is what CBD does to me. It slows things down and allows me to hyper focus. So if I take that, I'm working till three o'clock in the morning. So that's the way it works for me. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it sounds like the research that you're doing is research our government would be doing if it wasn't for Jeff Sessions and, and all those. Um, those people who think that consuming alcohol in large quantities is a really good idea and consuming a joint is, should put you in jail forever. Um, and we mentioned before that, that a lot of this work was being done in Israel. Is there a duplication here? Uh, no, because what we do is we build a artificial intelligence uh, algorithm. And what it does, it looks at every single study that's going on around the world and pulls the studies in and it provides that study as a baseline for our suggestions. So we're only as good as the studies that are being done. So we're not doing the actual clinical trials ourselves, even though we are doing clinical trials in Australia now, but we pull in all the studies, all the essays, all the clinical trials from everywhere in the world. So we encourage and want to empower more and more studies to be done anywhere in the world because it'll make us be a lot more accurate as well. Um, go ahead. I asked about Israel because I visited there about two years ago and went to see a facility there. And they were actually working, I think, in Philadelphia with Thomas Jefferson University to do a bunch of studies there mm -hmm. as well. And there's an event in May coming up that I actually might go to. In yeah. Philly. Yeah. 
No, there's there's a lot of studies, a lot of clinical trials. We're doing six trials right now in Australia under the TGA uh, there with our partner called Ward Medical Management. The first one will be on late-stage Alzheimer's patients. So, and this is the reason this may be I a good have ex- to tell you, with the Alzheimer's patients, yeah. because I actually am new into the Alzheimer's realm and I'm having to deal with it. And I can tell you that the CBD has really made a difference and I didn't check the genetic markers or whatever. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Well, I don't know if he's up how to do that for him. But it seems that everyone should take note. We have now talked about Israel. We have talked about Australia. What's the only country not doing any or proper research? Yeah, that's that's the challenge. The, the U.S., there is research going on and there are trials going on. But here's the challenge. So Dr. Sue Sisley, who's a good friend of mine, uh, she just published her findings on the first clinical trial with PTSD using cannabis in the US. The, the challenge that she had was she was forced to use the cannabis that was cultivated in University of Mississippi. And the problem with Uh-oh, that is- that was one plant in the middle of a field according to the TV. <laughs> well, and in right. Mississippi, not your, most condi- not your most optimal conditions for growing cannabis. Oh, well, okay. you, you hit the nail on the head because, number one, the, the, uh, the COA, the, the test profile, showed very low amounts of THC. It's Mississippi. That's- and not only that, it was filled with mold. And uh, Sue and her team, they had to sign a waiver. Do you know how much humidity is in Mississippi? Exactly. So they had to sign a waiver to remediate it. So they had to actually take all the accountability responsibility so they would remediate it first before they deliver that as the you know therapeutic protocol for their clinical trial. What, what means remediate in this case? That's clear. That's when you do your extracting process. Okay. Cl- clean the mold out before you give it's it. It's going through extractions. Okay. So as one of the few facilities anywhere in this country that's doing this what government issues do you run into we don't really have government issues because we are uh, only for research and education purposes mm-hmm. so we make sure that we put disclaimers in place specifically to let people know that this is for research purposes they should speak to their healthcare professional uh, and Who to get more doesn't want to talk about cannabis your healthcare professional that doesn't want to have anything to do with his liability insurance or malpractice insurance most of them do not want to discuss cannabis uh, yes, that's the challenge. And so now, who are they going to talk to after that? Uh, there, there are nurses, there are genetic counselors, there's all kinds of different healthcare professionals, integrative medical professionals. And I had the same question. I was doing a talk last night, and I had a very similar question. I said, if your medical professional isn't willing to discuss cannabis with you, maybe it's time to take a look at other medical professionals that are, because this is not only the past. This is the future. This is a therapeutic plan. We. And the number one thing, there's not enough research. There's over 15,000 studies on, on cannabinoids in PubMed alone. There's plenty of research. And I urge people to kind of be learning-based and take a look at that. Um, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is, it is. you know, I know Janice goes through a lot of government control. And, and I, I think so the, the makers we've had on is going through so much government control um, and you are, uh, 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 in terms of testing strains, you have California out there. You've got the um, the Green Triangle. Well, yeah, I Emerald mean, we, Triangle. We 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 uh, we have no. We're an international company, right? So we are able to uh, show you your results 
anywhere in the world and then you're going to be able to find that ratio what's right for you at the end of the day we're talking about a medicinal product but at the end of the day you know people want to have a good experience and all we want to do think of us as uh, a gps unit right so we are a gps we're giving you a guide to show you that this road over here is going to have a traffic jam on it it's mm-hmm. going to have some construction this road over here is mm-hmm. a much better road your canaways yeah, there you go. Okay. I like that. Right. Except, let me ask you this question. Write when, that down. Um, it's when you hash. <laughs> you, can, you can borrow that from me. I didn't license it yet. Get on that and trademark it. Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll partner no, on we're that. Fine. But my question to ask you is that like, you, people take antibiotics, and those antibiotics come from the jungles, and it's from the plant of the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's similarly try to say cannabis or hemp. Yep. They're both plants of the earth filled with all kinds of enrichments and different things that can provide into your body, your endocannabinoid system and make you feel well or feel better, however you want to say it. Um, How are these two things similarly in your world where just the common person can understand and and grab hold of some information because they know antibiotics, their doctors have prescribed them to them for their entire lives. Mm -hmm. How do we explain that plant and those plants mixtures with a cannabis plant or a hemp plant so that if you're truly sick or you need the nourishment from this plant, how do we say that? I mean, it's not always about getting high and everyone has to take that stigmatism away. It's not about being stoned and being high. It's about feeling better and being able to cope in life with whatever ails that your body. Everyone has different ailments in their body. Yeah, and no, I, I agree with you 100% again. <laughs> and uh, you know the difference. The difference that I look at it, it's synthetic. Somebody makes something in a lab versus a plant. Like I haven't gone to a Western physician in ten years. I go to a Chinese herbalist. So I got the flu, which turned into pneumonia at one point. And she would go in and make herbs, and I have to cook those herbs, and I healed myself with herbs. So there's natural antibiotics in these plants. They've been for thousands of years. When people take them into a lab and create a synthetic from that, you know, they try to do that with Marinol and all these other substances. It doesn't work the same way. And the reason why I believe it's not about just THC and CBD, as you said, it's all these other compounds are in this amazing plant. Well, you have the CBNs, the CBGs, the THCVs, all these things that are coming up. That's if I we don't get the basics of what is THC and what is CBD for the general public where they understand that, they're never gonna go to the next stage to understand all the other molecules that are part of the cannabis plant. And that is really the, 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 plant. the basic question, and what's the, CBD, what's, what's THC? The, right, so until we understand the basics and really get, you throw out terms like terpenes or different genetic markers, I don't want people to be overwhelmed. I want them to take the information you have so that they'll stimulate and have more questions right. so that they can get the information. Yeah, well, I mean, the way that I kind of try to explain it, THC, uh, actually mimics the way anandamide works in our body, so our bliss hormone. So it has to do with one receptor site mm-hmm. called the CB1 receptor, and that's the reason why you feel euphoric or high is because you're getting a lot of anandamide, which is your bliss hormone that's pumped into your... Um, a CBD1 receptor being a nerve receptor? Yeah, it's in your receptor, and it's found in a lot of places in your, in your brain and different places like your amygdala that helps to uh, reduce or... Um, modulate stress think about cannabinoids or modulators what they do is they fine tune your endocannabinoid system so they take signals from your body and they report back do we need more do we need less and some people have 
less of their own endogenous endocannabinoids. They just are born with less. And if that's the case, they may need more THC to stimulate an andamite. And what happens is when you have these stress responses, because you have a lot of cortisol that's pumped into your bloodstream, your immune system uh, attacks that. So it attacks that because it doesn't want all that cortisol in your system. And when it attacks that, it usually attacks it through inflammation. And that's why we walk around with inflammation. It actually elevates our pH and makes us acidic. So what happens then, why CBD is an incredible way to address that, CBD helps to regulate the immunal response. So it helps to reduce that inflammation that you're walking around with that causes a lot of these disease states. So the right ratio of THC and CBD, when you get the right ratio for you, you can balance your endocannabinoid system and get more into homeostasis. I have a question to ask you, and we asked this question a few weeks ago. How much, if you're going to use CBD as a lifestyle, an everyday vitamin, so how much CBD would you use versus how much CBD would you use, say you're treating a headache or chronic condition or something like that? Yeah, it, it depends on the individual. And it has a lot to do with your metabolic function. As Is you that because you don't before. want me, you think I'm going to put this in print? <laughs> you can't find that answer anywhere? I'm going to ask you again, if you're going to use CBD as a lifestyle and you're going to take CBD every day, how many milligrams would you take? Well, and I'm going to say it's an individual uh, thing again. Uh, what's gonna, the minimum amount? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so I'm going to answer it this way. So we have three different types of metabolizers. You can be an ultra-fast metabolizer, you can be an average metabolizer, or you can be a slow metabolizer. So let's just start with 250 milligrams. What a day? I consume. No, no, that's your, no. that's your ratio. So I look at it this way. So you have about, in a pump, in a, a sublingual pump, you have about one to three milligrams that you would consume every pump. So I look at it this way. If you're an ultra-fast metabolizer, maybe take four pumps. So it'd be six to eight milligrams at a time. If you're an average metabolizer, do maybe three or two. And if you're a slow metabolizer, you know, okay. take less. Man on the street comes in the antidote. He mm -hmm. wants to start using CBD as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know anything about his metabolism if he's slow, fast, medium. Mm -hmm. Where do you start them? Less is more. Five milligrams daily, Absolutely. 10 milligrams? Yeah. Microdosing. Five, yeah, microdosing. Five to 10 maximum is what I would start with and titrate my way up based on how I feel. Because an individual, That's I agree with you. That that would be a good baseline. See, I got Thank an answer. Me. <laughs> I got you an answer. The well, that's the challenge in this industry. No one knows who to turn to, where to turn, and get the accurate information. And I do understand. Besides that. Janice. <laughs> no, I don't. I just know where to ask a lot of questions. But now at least it makes sense because now people can start somewhere instead of having a finite answer. I understand why you don't want to give me that finite answer. I understand why we can't put it in print because we don't want to have recourse because we don't have the studies to back it up. Mm -hmm. But you have the same thing when you go to GNC. And Len, the yeah, questions yeah, come right. up here of in what form is it best consumed? Um, once again, it's, a, it's an individual thing. Um, what is more convenient for you? Like I said, if you have markers that prevent you from metabolizing through the digestive system, avoid it. But it's what's convenient for you. I personally like a sublingual or tincture. I think that's quick absorption. You put it under your tongue and absorbs fairly quickly. Uh, I don't like to smoke uh, CBD. Uh, but at night, I do like the entourage effect of a, of a joint. Mm -hmm. So if I'm... If I'm consuming and it's late at night and I like that, that effect of having all the cannabinoids, all the terpenes, and I like the taste of it. So it's an individual thing. There's no better or you worse. Know, you know, method. the dark chocolate's quite tasty. 
it, it is tasty, yeah. But then, yeah, but then what happens is your your liver converts that THC to a different substance. So it depends oh. on your me- metabolic function. Uh, you have to find what that right dose is for you. But I like the mints tasty. too. You mentioned <laughs> that you were formulating products. Can you talk more about what products you are involved with or recommend? Yeah, I mean, it, we we have uh, we have ratios and uh, formulations that we have some patents on that we've licensed out to manufacturers and those patents are from the feedback loop that we've gotten over the last 10 years from people using those products. We've able to license those to manufacturers so there's different ratios of cannabinoids and terpenes and manufacturers are producing those products under their own brands using our recipes. Okay, and give us once again how people can reach your, your site to get their DNA tested. So it's Endo, E-N-D-O, Kana, C-A-N-N-A, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, dot com, or on all our social media handles, Endo Kana Health. And you can find it high on the hog on all our social media. (laughs) Yes. And this is high on the hog (laughs) coming to you from our studio in Los Angeles. Len May, thank you very much. You are amazing. An amazing guest. Um, as ever, Janice, you were dazzling and amazing, brilliant and amazing. <laughs> brilliant Joanna, question. thank you so much. Um, and of course, Phil, thank you. We'll be back next time with more High on the Hog, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>